0: This is a Need10 Media production. Welcome aboard, my friend. It's Nate Clayberg, and in this episode of That's a Job, I'm going to introduce you to somebody I've recently got connected to, and that's Ashley Durham. Ashley, like many of the guests I've had on this uh, this podcast and chance to talk to, saw a problem in the world, and she's decided she's going to go out on her own and start a business and try and solve that challenge. And that challenge was something she discovered uh, while she was uh, trying to get into or working in the entertainment business. But again, on this show, we talk to people that maybe have some unique jobs out there that you've never heard of, or maybe they're even positions in industries you are familiar with, but maybe didn't really know how to get there and, and also discover uh, some insights along the way and, and some recommendations and how to be successful uh, in the career venture that maybe you're looking for. But uh, Ashley, welcome to That's a Job Podcast.
1: Nate, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. I really appreciate it.
0: Well, I appreciate that comment, but I gotta, I've got to get things started here. And we're going to rewind and go back to when you were finishing up uh, as a high schooler that high school age, and people saying, hey, what are you doing uh, after high school? What answer did you give them?
1: And um, the answer that I gave them was completely different than what I was doing now, I think is how most people probably are. But I, for me, I was going to become a school teacher in the way of I was helping with education for English. <laughs> and um, my parents wanted me to get into accounting, which was a little bit different. But if it was up to me at the time I graduated, let's just say it wasn't anything that I'm doing
0: right now. <laughs> so, so, yeah, you, you said that, but did you pursue that or, or where did life take you from there when you thought that the pathway was? Talk me through that.
1: Yeah, so I actually did pursue that. I did what they call clepping to uh, kind of get ahead of the game for the English and go into more of like a an evaluator for different <laughs> different school districts have evaluators that you know can work with outside more like distance learning nowadays most of it is all distance learning with COVID that happened and all that but back in the day it was a little bit you know um, more specialized so I was kind of practicing to become that and I did take English classes and started working on that and I realized really quick that a the clapping game was not for me and b English was not my strong suit
0: Well, and and you look at the classes you take, and and here's me uh, stalking you on LinkedIn, and and, or or as we should say, doing research. I think maybe is the better term. You've got some interior design classes in there. You've got you know marketing, and and did did he try and figure out maybe where you were going? Because it looks like you maybe switched, uh, you know, places where you're even studying. I guess talk about that because that's that's not unusual for people to end up deciding to make a change in where they go to school or even what they're studying.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So I went from going towards the English route, which I think anybody who knows me now would pretty much burst out laughing. (laughs) And if they knew that I was going to the English route and my parents wanted me to go into accounting, you know, because they're at that time, I was starting to realize I had more of an artistic side to me. And I really, that's what meant the most to me. And my parents being great parents that they are and wanting to care for my best interest, right? Suggested that I go in an accounting route. So to meet them halfway in the middle, I decided to go through a business route and do business marketing because it's a little bit more not sterile and it works for, (laughs) it to me at the time, it sounded a little bit better. So then I went into business marketing and I've done some stuff with Comcast or sales, uh, work with Mary Kay a little bit with the cosmetics. And then I went and realized that, that wasn't for me either. <laughs> and so then I went and I got into interior design and that was like my happy place. Um, I did that after my mom passed away and it was kind of a, a realization to me that, you know, life is short. Um, and what my sister says, we're here for a, a good time, not a long time. And I just kind of wondered to myself, why am I wasting my time on something that's not my talent? You know, it's clearly not for me. It's not something that I click with super well. And so I went into the interior design, I went into the design field, and that is when I really, like, found my calling. I really love getting to work with the programs and designing things and creating this art that just brought people together and made them happy and, you know, at least that's always the end goal, make them happy, but... Yeah, that's, that's kind of how I started into that world. And then I got into modeling and acting and wanting to make movies and stuff. Cause as I think we all have as kids want to get into the media world, (laughs) you know, want to become famous, do the acting, you know, stuff like that. And that's always just a childhood dream, right? It never becomes a reality. And for me, I was able to make it a reality and in a roundabout way, figuring out that that's exactly what I needed to do from the very beginning, it just took me a long time to get there.
0: Well, you were talking about, and you know, you talked about your mom passing and and there's things like that that happen uh, or, or people leave our lives sooner than you expect them to or unexpectedly. But what you said that your sister said of we're not here for a long time, we're here for a good time. And I've, I've never heard that before, but you know, if you're listening out there, you got to think there's some impact because everybody that's listening to this, you know, somebody who left this world too soon, you know, talk through that of, of, of what your sister said to you. And just the thoughts that maybe have resonated from you since then of hearing that, or, or even just living it.
1: You know what? It hit me like a ton of bricks. When I heard that, I was like, you know what, that's so true. And I remember I was doing some volunteer service and I have been trained, you know, certain ways of taking care of your money and everything, which is still really good. But I was talking to, after talking to my sister and a couple other people, they're just kind of like, so like, what are you waiting for? You know, like what there, I was clearly not happy when I was doing with (laughs) business marketing or English or any of that stuff. You know, it's like, what are, what exactly are you waiting for? And when are you going to step up for yourself? What are you going to show who you really are, because ultimately I think I've come to realize over time is that you're your biggest advocate. You have to stand up for yourself and you know yourself the best and nobody's going to come along. You might have a few people that will gently nudge you a certain way, but ultimately you need to know and have a good solid ground onto what you are and what you want to pursue what are you passionate about? And yes, it will change throughout the world. I don't think any of us start out with, well, maybe it's 1% of people that actually, you know, go off to do what they were thinking of doing in five years old. But most of us, you know, it changes, but you know, like, and it's going to change with different experiences, like with my mom passing away, different things going on with the family and stuff like that, and experiences moving, traveling, traumas coming into life, it can change and your passions can change with it. But ultimately you have to know what that is. and You have to stand up for yourself. And I think that was a really good reminder for me to have my sister explain that to me and, you know, just talking that out with her. Cause it was like, you know what, All right. Like, what, what are we waiting for? We're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're not guaranteed the next day. And I know it sounds so cliche, but what are you doing right now? That's going to, you know, that's, that's you because we're not guaranteed any length of time.
0: Well, and, and you talk through that of, you know, of what are you doing for you or you taking care of yourself? I've got to feel like those decisions along the way, when it came to where you're going and what you were studying, you know, was, was there some thought that you just wanted to make sure the people that were around you or, family are connected to that they are, they were all right with that instead of you being really all right with that. Was there any, any of that in there?
1: Yeah, that's a really good point too, is you're, for me, I was trying to make other people happy with what I thought that they wanted me to do. You know, the safe thing I had as a kid, kid just run around with a camcorder and try to do fun, like Uh, home videos and do do all the editing and things like that. So like, I was really interested in that way back when I was a little kid and my parents had wanted me to do something that, you know, they meant well, they wanted me to do something that was going to pay the bills. And ultimately, you know, that's what we look for. Right. But I think what I've learned too is over time, if you do what you love doing, and you're going to be passionate about it. You're, that means you're probably going to have a stronger resilience. So, when there's resistance in that field, if you like it, you're going to probably have a, a larger tolerance for things going wrong, disruption, stuff like that. If it's something you really like, you're going to figure out ways to make it happen. So, if you're passionate about it, if it's something that you really like, you're going to go a lot farther in that field than if you're trying to you know, respectfully do the thing that somebody else thinks you should do.
0: You know, looking at your background, you've lived in numerous parts of the country, different places, part of the country. And I'm, and I'm just kind of, you know, analyzing based on, you know, you being a model. And that's something I want to get into. If people do see that of, oh, I'd love to be a model, but it looks like while you're a model, you were also doing other jobs along the way. And that's probably what that, that life is. Is that right?
1: You got it. Yep. Um, so unless there's very few models that actually will hit it off well enough to be able to live solely off of that because it's a very gig episodic type base, especially when you're first getting into it. And a lot of you know kids, they get into it in their teens, their parents or their managers, and usually those people are super successful. I think I learned very early on that agencies, are awesome, but a lot of times they're not going to help get you the gigs that you need to. And you have to be yourself, your own advocate. And then when I got into doing post-production and acting, it's the same thing. You most pretty much everybody there in Hollywood or in any media field, they have almost a second income that they're working off of too. They have to do, you know, be a barista or a waitress, or something on the side, or tax
0: returns, or
1: tax returns. <laughs> anything <laughs> along that line um, to help bring in a little bit of extra income while you build up your clientele, you build up your base, you make your name, and you get started. And sometimes that can take a couple years before you can actually live off of what you're doing in the media. And it doesn't mean you're not successful at all. It just means there's a lot of supply and very like to meet the demand that's not very high.
0: Well, and I and I I jabbed in the tax stuff because you did that right. That's what you did for a few years. You know yeah. that that was it. That's interesting. You know that you had to do that.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you know, it was one of those times. It's just like I need some extra money, and so I took the the course and realized pretty early on that it was not something I loved doing, but it helps to pay the bills at the time too. So yeah, you got to do what you got to (laughs) do. And it gave me some flexibility to do other things as well.
0: Well, when did you decide as you were coming through and, and, uh, you know, between being a model and then, uh, some time at, at pier one, and it got into operations and you were there for like, for what, a few years, uh, Mm -hmm. on, on a retail end. Uh, and sprinkling in some of these opportunities, when did it start coming to your mind of there was a problem that you were seeing, and this is where the concept of, of the business you have now began with uh, uh, with your company?
1: Yeah, that's great. Well, obviously, we know Pure One went under, so that's <laughs> one. I don't hold
0: you <laughs> responsible. I don't think it was you.
1: Well, thank goodness. Um, I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't do it. I didn't do it, guys. So, yeah, Pier 1 went down. And I think it kind of helps you to really realize when a big, huge, nationwide company that's chained goes down like that, you're like, ooh, it can really like something. There's always that, you know, hope and dream, right? But there's also uh, situations that happen, people that you run into, and life can change in a quick instant at the same time. I had some experienced some pretty major trauma and stalking and stuff in the industry, and it was kind of an eye opening experience from both sides. You know, I kind of got the rug swept out from underneath me as far as the work what environment goes, and then like my uh, the personal side as well. And it was really great eye opening experience for me. I would never want to relive it in a million years, but it kind of helped me to realize the frailty of it too, you know, and also the importance of pursuing something that you really need and want to do as soon as you possibly can, but also realizing that there's going to be things that you're going to run into along the way that will help prepare you for that specific thing. So the whole trauma and stuff in the media industry, and then my company, like not my company, but, um, pure one going under it kind of helped me to realize like there's, you know, I, I need to do this. And I need to do this now. So I started my own company uh, with Malbash after, you know, getting out of this uh, pretty dangerous and traumatic experience. I realized that life is short, shorter than I realized before. And then, you know, sometimes it just takes a couple of knocks to realize, Hey, I really, I need to do this and I need to do it now. And I need to create some, some places in the world that are safe and the whole episodic thing for the media. um, Most media professionals, they live in that environment where they don't know where their next job is going to come from. And then on top of that, they also live in a very dangerous environment. It's very cutthroat. There's not a whole lot of friendly faces. And if there is, you got to be careful because they could turn around stabbing in the back later. And I mean, it's cutthroat in entrepreneurship and anything you do. But in the media, it seemed like it was just such a gray wash, it was awful. And it's so the powerful and the, the, the kind of, are the gatekeepers that keep everything from happening is unless you do what they want you to do. And so it was kind of a very gray area as far as that goes. And I decided that I wanted to make a change in that because I had experienced it firsthand. And, um, I think pure one going under was kind of like, this is time for you to start. So I started my own company with Malabash and that's what we uh, do on as much as we possibly can working really hard to make sure that media professionals can have more consistent workflow and they have the benefits and things that, you know, come along with having a steadier workflow and they get a little bit more peace of mind and they can network with really great professionals and have a safe environment to, to come back to, and, you know, learn and grow and interact with other professionals that are, you know, in the same boat, but also safe.
0: Yeah. You know what, what you've built here, and I'm on your website right now and we'll, we'll put that in our show notes, you know, you had to probably, there was a lot of people you probably connected with to try and get this thing put together. When you look at being uh, an entrepreneur now uh, of just how do you do this? And uh, it, it wasn't, it wasn't doing it a, 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 a 1040. Uh, It wasn't modeling. Uh, This was something a little bit different for you. Talk me through about getting this launched and what you had to do.
1: Yeah. So any business, I think, you know, or starting a podcast, I think you've experienced this too, you know, just getting things started. There's a lot of connections you have to go. You go from ground zero where you're the new kid on the block and you got to establish your roots and, you know, your street cred. And, um, Yes, connections are huge, and it, honestly, when I say this, making good connections and keeping good relationships with people that are in, you know, safe and in authority is, is huge in this environment or in any environment. And with the media, it's even more so. You know, most of it is a friend of a friend of a friend told me this or that. It's not so much. Oh, I can just you know go on Indeed and find everything that I need. So getting the business launch, I. I'm not a post child for these guys, but legal honestly got me started and, uh, helping with all the crazy paperwork and stuff. And it's a little bit different than making or doing taxes. So, um, yeah, it was a good experience for, to use them because they helped me get all that stuff going. But once I got up and running, it's just lots of connections and consistently reaching out to, you know, media professionals and a lot of the media professionals that are super great or super good aren't going to reach out to you they're already busy working or they just don't think they're art they're artists (laughs) this is another part of the business that I realized so media professionals they're all artists and so a lot of artists their downfall is they never think that their work or whatever is good enough and so it's interesting trying to talk to them and network with them and everything because it's different Mindset, different world, and you have to approach them and and chase them down a lot of times because they're just you know doing their thing, and they're like, really, my my art's really that good, or am I real, or acting, or you know my editing, my lighting, whatever. It's really it's something to speak about. Like that's great, and obviously you're gonna have the other people, but I think that's something that's been funny for me to run into that, where you know you go from the business world and then you go into the media world and a little bit more the artsy world. And it's a, it's a different vibe for sure, but connecting and making all those connections is huge. And um, just establishing yourself as a business is establishing, is establishing your connection with others. And what does that even look like? You know, how far are you going to be able to go is kind of based off of not just who you know, but what do those relationships look like and what value are you adding to them and what value are they adding to you?
0: Well, you're talking a lot about you know relationships and the foundation that's trust. So you have to have the people that want to connect with you trust you, but then you also need to trust the people that you're trying to connect to. That just uh, you've got to connect that triangle together, and you know sometimes that takes a little bit of time. But when did it finally, or when did you finally see that this was something that could work uh, in in putting Mali Bash together?
1: I think I realized that it could work when I realized there was such a, a need for it, I think most of us, if we ever hear our kids say, Hey, I want to go, I want to go to Hollywood and I'm going to, you know, be an actor. I'm going to do this. It doesn't usually strike us as, Oh my God, congratulations. You made it into Harvard or congratulations. You're going into the medical field. It's the, the whole different reaction between our kids saying, Hey, I'm going, <laughs> I'm going into the media field versus, hey, I'm going to go into the medical field, two different reactions. So I realized really quickly that, hey, there's this need here. And I'm not the only one who is realizing this, like parents, for sure, will love to have a safer avenue for their kids to be able to get into the media, you know, after graduation, what next, you know, what are the next steps? Do you go with an agency that promises a bunch of things that may or may not deliver? Do you just set out on your own? and basically become your own business owner and go through all that as well like what is it what happens next and so with Malbash like we want to help get that next step going and help with the job placement safe ways with safe people and connections and you're correct like (laughs) relationships are two-way street you have to be able to trust them enough to believe in what they're telling you and you also have to have them trust you back in order to have that, you know, relationship actually work. And so you have to be trustworthy on top of that. And so, um, it's making sure that you keep a good reputation, not just on paper, but also to the people behind, you know, the little people, not just the big people, but everybody that is part of your organization. You know, if my, if somebody that I worked for that was, or worked with, that was my social manager you know, if they get out and they're like, oh my God, she's horrible human. (laughs) It's going to really make it harder for people down the road to be like, I really want to work for this company or this company is really good company. So I think what I really focus on is making sure that the relationships with everybody, you know, from the small person up, and that's something that lacks hugely in the media as well. So I saw two different needs. I saw need of safety. I saw need of, you know, creating a environment that's positive. So many of these media environments are just not, you're dealing with millions to of thousands of dollars and that can be gone within seconds. And so tensions are high. Egos are high. It's a lot of a rub rub situation. So it's really dangerous and it's very cutthroat, like I said. So I wanted to create something that helped And if there's a huge and big enough need, once you start getting that going, I started getting really great feedback. People were really excited about it and just the opportunity to even, you know, get a a chance of getting into the media safely. Most parents have been jumping on board with that and just about anybody too. So it's been growing. And for us, we're focusing on quality over quantity. So the growth rate isn't as fast as possibly is if we were just trying to get a bunch of people we want positive and good you know good content so um and good relationships so uh, that's just the the work right now but we are growing and it's been going in a positive direction which makes me really happy to see people you know we've helped them get jobs and find connections and it just it makes me really happy we can do that for them
0: Well, and you, you talk through that of people that you can connect with, uh, on your site. And I'm sure, you know, I've seen it happen where, you know, you get somebody who thinks they're on the pathway to uh, a career in sports. Um, but I'm sure you had it as you were coming through in modeling and they were like, you know, what else are you doing? Or why don't you just stay, uh, doing taxes or retail or things like that? You know, it helps to have somebody understand, a pathway to get to, lack of a better term, a dream job uh, or that goal and, and trust is so key in that. But, you know, I'm sure there's there's stories that you hear from some of the people you connect with of there's, you, there's a pathway through what you're doing that's maybe going to open some doors or open their eyes or uh, give them that idea that this isn't a pathway that they want to follow and they go in a different direction.
1: You know what, Nate? That's great when I got into modeling, I felt ashamed that it was not my first and only job because you see what we see is the five supermodels that have made it to being a supermodel. Um, whether they had connections or whether they just had that look, they had the, the times dedicated to it or whatever happened, you know, the fates all lined up because it's kind of sometimes how it goes, but you know, if they worked really hard to get there, we don't see the millions of millions of millions of other people who are doing modeling, but not as supermodels. And that's okay. I felt super bad about, it was just, oh, I had a second job. You know, this is my only job. And then uh, now <laughs> I've actually, was just a part of a clubhouse talk the other day and listened to this person. And they were talking, like opened up the floor and one of the guests was saying, Hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm getting out of my job. I'm going to quit it and just go full time acting because I've gotten a little bit of good feedback in every seasoned veteran there. Like it was dead silent. Every seasoned veteran was like, I would not suggest that at all. Like I, would. <laughs> I mean, we can count on our hands, five people that are famous that we've seen over and over and over again in the movies. We do not see the millions and millions and millions and millions, millions of people that have come and gone who have, you know, done acting, there are those little people in the background and stuff. And yeah, they're in those films, and they're getting paid and all that stuff. But the chances of you making it to be that big is very, very, very slim. And so you need to have a backup. And it's not to feel ashamed of at all. A lot of those people that have gotten to where they are, they had connections, their family already was running a media company or they owned this or they were the head of paramount or the head of this so they already had that connection that pull to get them to where they're at and it's just not something you need to feel ashamed of in the media world because the people that have been in there for a long time you know that you're probably going to have a couple jobs going on to help make ends meet while you're doing your craft, especially while you're growing. And, you know, if there's things like COVID that happen, or, you know, there's different things that happen in the nation, that's just going to be part of the process. So it's not a thing to feel, feel bad about at all. But yeah, that was a good, I'm glad that you brought that up.
0: Well, you've got a, a great story, a great pathway to, to where you're at. And and uh, actually, I get a sense that uh, this is just the beginning for you and where some things can go. But if people want to learn more and they want to connect you with you, where can they go uh, to, to learn more about the work that you're doing and more about you?
1: Thanks so much, Nate. Um, yeah, we would love to have uh, connections with you. If you have any questions or anything like that, you can reach out to any of our social media accounts. Uh, if you just search Malabash, um, any of that will will bring us up. And uh, You can also email us at contact at malabash.com as well and reach out to us with any questions you got that way. But thanks so much, Nate. I really appreciate taking the time to have me on your show.
0: Thank you very much, Ashley. Thank you again, everybody, for listening and being on this journey. And please subscribe and share this podcast. It's called That's a Job. It's on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The That's a Job podcast presented by Career Adventure Academy and the College and Career Discovery Course. Discover the work you are wired to do, and now go live your career adventure. If you haven't done so already, hit subscribe to enjoy future episodes. Build your career adventure at nateclaberg.com. Production assistance provided by Bill Jordan voiceovers. Visit billjordanvo.com. This podcast is a Need 10 Media production.